Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys, ages five, three, and two. And I'm Terilyn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 11, 9, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. All right, guys, I'm going to start us off with a face palm. So I just got back from visiting my sister in Arizona, and it was so nice there in comparison to our February weather. Don't get me wrong. It's gotten sunnier a little bit, like twice a week, (laughs) but it was like 80 degrees, sunny. It was amazing. Um, But while I was there, and you guys, I'm sure all know, probably most everyone listening has been bombarded with coronavirus news, like 24-7. And even the ones who were saying, stop posting about coronavirus. <laughs> it's like, just uh, more. <laughs> yes. But as a, so I'm the type, I'm more on the end of like not worrying about sicknesses for sure. I feel like I'm on the, like, not stress about that kind of stuff more in my personality. But it was weird because I was, I just had Sunny with me, my youngest, and the rest of my family was home. And it's so funny because I started to feel like I was like in China for real. And I'm not going to be able to, they're going to like shut down the airport and like, Uh I'm not going to be able to get home. Like I started to have that feeling. Oh yeah. And I seriously, the night before I left was like, I almost can't sleep. Like I'm anxious. And then I was like, wait, I can just drive a car back to Utah. (laughs) Like they can't shut me out. But I really was having this, like, I, I get this when Parker's gone on trips too I like go through my game plan of what I would do if something happened yes like if somebody broke in or something uh-huh. yes heaven forbid I even say that out loud uh-huh. but I go through my plan and how's it starting to do I was having this like and all of a sudden I was like no this fear-mongering media is getting to me <laughs> <laughs> and I had to re I had to switch my mind and I got out of the anxiety but whoa I was like kind of freaking out for a second it was like total mama bear COVID virus is going to get me and I won't be able to get back home to my yes. kids feeling. Well, freaky. when you're separated from your kids, I feel like you feel a yes, weird, like instinctual weird feeling stress. anyways. Yeah. So to feel like there's a threat and not being with your kids. Yeah, it was Like weird. when I watch, oh my goodness, did you, what was that show? Revolution? Anyway, where like all the power goes out at once and then it's like kind of an apocalypse situation. Oh, I've anyway. seen many shows like that. But <laughs> I don't mean to get off on a tangent here, but it shows like a flashback of this mom and she's in the United States and her kids are in England Oh, and she's talking mm-hmm. to them, FaceTiming them when the power goes out. Oh. And it's been 10 years since then, right? And she like flashes back to that moment. And I honestly like still think about it and get the shivers, even though it's never happened to me. And Oh my gosh. But the feeling of being away from your children when something goes wrong yes. is a seriously terrifying yes. prospect. And we went to Costco one of the days at, there with my sister and everyone's, you know, stockpiling. And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. am I not freaking out? You know, you like go yes. into this weird place yeah, when you scary. have kids that's in another scary. place. Yeah. It was weird. I even feel it. I actually love, not love the feeling, but there's been times where like it's a really bad snowstorm or or whatever, or the power is going out. Mm-hmm. And when I have all my kids with me, it's almost like a, that's okay. If we yeah. need to like run away, like at least I have yeah. all of them with me. But yep. when you're separated or even if my husband's like 
far away. I know he's like in another state or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different feeling of like, oh no. But if the zombie apocalypse yes. happens, yes. I am not going to be in the situation <laughs> I want. <laughs> gather, gather. <laughs> I, I can't, I have to admit this though now that we're talking about it. I literally called to like see if I could change my flight to earlier. Oh, really? I couldn't. Uh-huh. So, you know, they took away my control. <laughs> but I literally was like feeling that much. And then it passed, but it was a big wave of like that mom gather them all. Like I can't be away. It was really weird. So this is a good learning experience though. You felt the anxiety. You did what you could to change the situation. When you couldn't change the situation, you just simply leaned into the feeling of it. And it sounds like you also came up with another solution of I can drive home. Yes. So those are some solutions (laughs) to you feel it. You do what you can to change the situation. And then you just embrace the feeling and you process it through. Yep. Yep. Beautiful. Okay. Well, my, mine's a high five this week and it's a high five I shared a while ago. It's it's actually a f- high five for our podcast. And like, I don't know, a long time ago, I shared that we were in some, like people are listening to us in different countries and I was thrilled and flattered and just filled with gratitude about it. And I just happened to check this last week, the people who are listening to us. And guys, we have people from 126 countries yeah, we're that listening is crazy. to our podcast. So like I I seriously was like, oh my gosh, what yeah. is happening? So cool. I'm so I'm so, so my high five today is to all of you people around the world who are listening to us. I'm so grateful that you'd take your precious time and your mind space mm-hmm. and let us share that space with you. I'm mm-hmm. seriously so grateful and honored and we don't take the honor lightly. And uh I, so today I just want to do a shout out specifically to, I was just scrolling through, we have some people in Latvia who listen to us and our main listeners are from three cities and I'm going to totally not say these names right, but Riga, Lia Paja and Mm. Ogre. Mm. Again, probably didn't say those right, but I just want you guys to know that we are so grateful for you. And I just want to shout out for those of you in Latvia who are listening to us. I'm thrilled that you're joining us in this conversation and, um, Really, like I, I feel like one of the cool things about this world that we live in right now is that we can rub shoulders and really create connections with people that would have been really difficult to do just mm-hmm. a decade ago. Mm-hmm. It's so, so true. I love that I can actually bring people through books and podcasts into my mind to inspire me and make me want to be better. And so I'm just thrilled that we can all be part of this community together. So thank you. I agree. All of you out there. So the shout out, so the high five is to all of you Mm -hmm. out there who Mm -hmm. are sharing with your friends and people in all the different countries who are just working on being present and being the best parents we can for our Mm -hmm. children and really just showing up for ourselves in our lives. So, yes, I second that high five. That is so cool. And she told me, I was like, no way. That's so fun. So cool. Okay. So today we, this, this topic came up in my mind and I, I text her and I was like, I'm feeling like we need to talk about this. Sometimes we have set stuff going forward that we're researching and sometimes one of us is feeling something and it just comes up and this was, I was just feeling this and that is just the topic of letting go a little bit of um, the parenting, the pervasive parenting, what is the right way to say this? Overwhelming feeling that there's so much so much information with parenting. It, it, it can sometimes feel like a bombardment of advice from other people and that we need to do it all the right way and do it perfectly. And that there's only one way. And there's only also, one way right? for every single kid and <laughs> Which every single true. family. Right, yeah. And I was feeling this this weekend of like, 
I don't, I really hope that all of you feel from us that we're sharing our favorite tools when it comes to life and parenting, but that um, we know that families ebb and flow and all kids are different and we are constantly learning with you. It's a journey and I want to be a resource here that is focused on, you know, distilled down to the pillars that we talked about that are the most important, but that we're not putting any like shame, guilt, this is the way you should be doing it on our listeners. I really feel strongly about that. And that's why we wanted to talk about this this week. Mm-hmm. And specifically, Felicia mentioned as we were creating the content for this podcast that she knows so many people. And I've heard, and I've heard so many moms say this too, that at the end of the day, there are so many parents out there who literally like cry themselves to sleep thinking I failed my children mm-hmm. in every single way today. Mm-hmm. So that is who we're talking to today. Mm -hmm. Those of you out there who at the end of every day think, I am just not enough. Like Mm -hmm. this is not, I'm failing in every way. Mm -hmm. So something we want to point out before we go into a a couple specific scenarios is one, we're going to keep returning to these four pillars throughout this entire episode. And these are the things that we've been talking about in our podcast since the very beginning. And the pillars are the simple things that regardless of the tools you're using and regardless of the specific things you're doing in your parenting, both Felicia and I believe that you really can't go wrong when you return back to these, their philosophies, not to-do lists, mm-hmm. which is the beauty of them. Mm-hmm. And they are connection, unconditional love, setting healthy limits, and what was the fourth one? Presence. Okay. Oh, yeah, being present. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. I like had scrolled up and I didn't mm-hmm. have to see it. <laughs> um, so again, that is connection, Mm -hmm. being present, unconditional love, Mm -hmm. and setting healthy limits. I like Mm -hmm. that order Mm -hmm. better, actually. Me too. I think setting limits is the first ones are the most important, and then setting limits are also a crucial piece of that ingredient. But I think it's always good to start with Mm -hmm. uh, connection and being present and unconditional love. So we're going to keep returning to those. But uh, the first thing I want to point out here, if you are feeling feelings of you're just not, you're failing in every way, first of all, want you to know that you're not alone. We have all felt mm-hmm. that at the end of some days where you're like, totally. oh, I remember there have been so many times where I have just simply, this one time it was just random. It was like in the morning. I can still remember the feeling. It was literally like a, I am, I, I really am failing. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm trying, I'm trying, mm-hmm. but like, I'm just failing and I'm falling short in every way. I think I was like late to something again. <laughs> and I was just so frustrated with myself. Like, why am I mm-hmm. still late to things? And I've been trying not to be late now for my whole life. And I'm still, <laughs> I'm still late. And I, and I think I just also misplaced something, which is another uh, flaw of mine, uh, pattern, if you will, <laughs> of, I just do tend to like misplace items. So it's like a combination of just a few of my things that bother me about myself were coming up and I just remember being totally overwhelmed like I am just never gonna get it together Mm -hmm. and guys guess what what I want to tell you is we have all felt that you're not alone and guess what nobody ever gets it all together Mm -hmm. that I think is the the lie that we all think that other people clearly have it all together Mm -hmm. and we just don't but guess what everybody feels like that the reason why we have tools and then we share tools is because they help us get to places that we find more peace in our lives but it doesn't mean that there's perfection there yeah ever so if you're feeling imperfect great embrace it think of Brene Brown channel that and think yes I'm a human (laughs) Mm -hmm. we all feel that great Mm -hmm. the other thing I want to point out here is the feeling that feeling that I'm talking about is of I am a failure I'm letting everybody down 
there's nothing that I'm doing right here. That actually is the feeling of shame. If mm-hmm. you're feeling like a failure, a bad person, a bad parent, that is shame, which is totally unhelpful. Uh, unhelpful. Mm-hmm. And that is different than guilt, which is, in say in my situation, I was late today and I lost five things. Mm-hmm. That, I can feel a little guilt about that. And I actually have it be a positive thing is in what can I do mm-hmm. to be better about my time management? What tools can I implement here to help alleviate that pain point in my life? So see how those are two totally different things. So my, my thing I want to point out here is if you can identify what you're feeling as shame, shame loses its power when you shine light on it. Mm-hmm. So if you're crying yourself to sleep at the end of the night thinking, I am such a failure, you can just point out to yourself, Oh, that's shame. Mm -hmm. Anytime you're labeling yourself with an actual name, all of me is a failure. Mm -hmm. I am a bad person. Mm -hmm. It's shame is a I am, you know, sentence. Mm -hmm. Then just recognize it as shame and be like, oh, I see you, shame. Mm -hmm. You're not helpful. Mm -hmm. In fact, nothing good comes from shame, guys. There's like literally zero good that comes. It doesn't inspire you. It doesn't make you any better. It just gets you stuck in despair and hopelessness and makes you feel terrible. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna say, I see you, shame. Okay, not super helpful. So I'm just gonna, I see you, process you, feel you. Sometimes even lean into it a little mm-hmm. bit, like, oh, wow, I'm really feeling that shame. I might cry about this and that's mm-hmm. okay. And then actually back up and say, okay, let's separate that though from the guilt. I am feeling bad about this specifically today. Mm-hmm. What tools can I implement to help me be better at that tomorrow? And when I'm not perfect at it, how can I give myself some grace? Mm-hmm. So the first, we chose a specific listener situation to kind of uh, help us flesh this Mm -hmm. concept out. So this is from our listener named Jenna, and this is what she has. These are her biggest issues that she's facing right now as a parent. I have two kids who are 22 months apart, a two-year-old boy and a six-month-old baby girl. Right now, I'm struggling with my two-year-old and hitting. He will hit my husband and me when he's frustrated over something and completely separate over, oh, sorry, over something completely separate and will hit other kids if he feels threatened, like if he's playing on the wheel on the playground and another kid comes over to use the wheel, etc. I really try not to react so quickly, but I always seem to jump in immediately and say, hey, or no, <laughs> I'm not sure what to do here when another child is getting hurt by my son. I want to pause, but I feel like I need to jump in immediately and feel, and then I feel guilty for the rest of the day for yelling. So we chose this because this is like so common. You guys mm-hmm. have heard us talk about hitting mm-hmm. before, but the process of this mother's feeling inside of herself is what we really want to kind of show mm-hmm. using this example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <clears throat> I loved this question too because I think we all, I, I don't know, I want someone to write in if they haven't had this experience. I feel like all kids kind of go through this hitting saga in this age of their lives and I think it's easy to feel so much guilt of my kids a mean kid or a bad kid or an aggressive kid or and it's my fault because I'm not doing the right thing that means I'm a bad parent yeah yeah I'm a bad parent because my kids the kid at the playground who hits the other kids so I wanted to just reiterate that you're not take that feeling away I think all kids most every kid goes through this this hitting phase and Um, you know, we wanted to do a quick synopsis of like our favorite things to do when it comes to hitting, but really what we want to focus on is her feeling around the hitting. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to hitting, um, 
Caroline and I were talking about how we, when our kids are going through hitting phases, it, it almost is, we go into a place of like, almost like gratefulness when they're hitting us or, you know, because we're a safe person. And if your kid's hitting you repeatedly, it's, you know, you're a big person. You can stop them most of the time. Oh, I'm not going to let you hit me, you know, very calmly. And you can, you can look at that as they're bringing those big feelings to me and I'm a safe place. And it's kind of nice because you can take that. Because it's not other people's yeah. small children. Yeah, you can just yeah. take that away. And to clarify there, we don't just let our children hit us. The You're reason, stopping them. Yeah, yeah, the reason why we're grateful that they're doing it to us is because, yeah, I'm a big enough person that I just... So our, our whole... The tool here to help you is, <clears throat> Jenna, is to... Anytime it hits happening and you're within proximity or if you can see it about to happen, you can lots of times see it before it escalates. Yeah. The key is close proximity and physical restraining, but with calmness. Calm. Yeah. So this is the helpful tool. So, for example, for me, if my kid is about to hit me and he's two, I'm way stronger than him, right? right. So I literally just with total calmness, channeling Jenna Lansbury, I'm unruffled. I take both of his hands in mine and I say... You are so angry right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you hit me. Mm-hmm. And that's all I say. Literally. Yep. Like it's, you keep it simple. You don't over explain. Right. You don't like clench down and like shake them. We don't hit. They yeah. know not to. They yeah. already know mm-hmm. they shouldn't. They're just mm-hmm. feeling a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. So you're simply, so you're not allowing them to just like beat you up. Mm-hmm. But, but if you can feel a little bit of gratitude, it actually totally, that's a way to stay calm. Mm-hmm. So the reason, you know what I mean? Like I'm grateful that he's doing this right now because I'm big enough mm-hmm. to strong to, to stop him. Mm-hmm. And when you can cultivate that gratitude, it can make you stay so calm. And mm-hmm. you can tell your husband that too. So we're not going to let him hit us. But when he, all we have to do is identify his emotion in a calm way and physically stop him from hitting because it hurts. They feel out of control when they hit too. Mm-hmm. If you can stop it before they hit another child, that's always the best too. If yes. you see it escalating, you yes. go over, you literally put your hand in between the kid, your child and the other kid, hold their hands. You're feeling really angry. He took your toy. Mm-hmm. I can see that you're frustrated. I'm not going to let you hit. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that also requires for me picking up my kid and yeah. taking them to another place. Mm-hmm. At the age of two, they're usually parallel playing anyways. So honestly, you take them 10 feet away and they just start playing by themselves yeah. over there. Yeah. However, so that, again, we, we didn't want to just like address the feelings and not actually give you any tools. Those are the tools mm-hmm. we have found helpful for hitting. Mm-hmm. teaching them safe boundaries. You're keeping them safe from hurting other people when possible. But when the time comes, we've all experienced this, when your kid is across the playground or across the room and you don't get there in time and they hit somebody else, you're feeling bad. Mm-hmm. And there are times where, yeah, you you lose it and you yell. Mm-hmm. So what happens then? What yes. happens when we don't do the tools, right? Yep. And that's really the question here. Because then this mother is beating herself up for the rest of the day about yep. the yelling. Because mm-hmm. guess what? Just like it doesn't feel good for the kid to hit, same thing with us when we lose it, right? Mm-hmm. We lose it and then we're like, uh, that didn't no. feel good either mm-hmm. to us, right? Mm-hmm. We have all felt that. So Jenna, we've all felt that. Mm-hmm. Totally, you are, mm-hmm. you're in good company here. Mm-hmm. But... The thing we want to point out here is, so it's okay. So in this situation, I would say anytime I do this and I've done this, mm-hmm. I think there's nothing wrong with feeling the guilt of it. Like, you know, I wish I hadn't yelled. Mm-hmm. Of course I wish I hadn't yelled. Yep. But I did. Mm-hmm. So the options now are, I think this is where Brene Brown, I can hear Brene Brown's voice. In fact, we listened to a little Brene Brown together before yes. this to kind of like yes. help. She says, 
in these moments of imperfection, that is where our children learn mm-hmm. the most. Mm-hmm. So we're literally modeling to them now what to do when we make mistakes. Because your kids can we're make not mistakes. Robots. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to make mistakes. They're mm-hmm. going to lose it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we have a couple of tips here to help you with this yep. feeling. Yep. So I think the first thing, and we've kind of already mentioned this, but just to reiterate it as a step, is to detach from your kids, how they're acting, their happiness whatever they're doing as being contingent on what you do. So that's where the shame comes in is I'm, I'm a bad parent. So my kids hitting people on the playground or my kids having tantrums all, all the time. So I must be wrong in how I'm parenting them. Mm -hmm. So detach from that because our kids are going to hit and they're going to have tantrums. They're going to fight with their siblings Mm -hmm. and doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. And they're going to be sad all the time. Right. They're not going to be happy every second of the mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. So if you can let that go, mm-hmm. it's not reflective on you as a person. Yes. And I think this helps in so many, it's a baby tangent, in so many ways, because if we can disconnect from that, then a lot of other things get easier. Recognizing and accepting emotions gets easier. Yes. Limiting screen time gets easier because you're comfortable yes. with your kids being uncomfortable because it doesn't reflect anything on you. It doesn't reflect anything on them. We all means we're humans. are humans Yes, and uncomfortable. Yes, that's a good point. When you say no, when you set a new screen time rule and your kid's freaking out about it, mm-hmm. you can say, you know what? It's okay to be I'm frustrated. Yeah. Like you're being comfortable with them feeling negative mm-hmm. emotions. Mm-hmm. And it, guess what? It doesn't have to make you feel negative mm-hmm. emotions. It doesn't have to. It might. And right. if that happens, that's great too. Right. But just be open to that they can feel their feelings. Yeah. And you're not totally responsible for them being happy every second. Yeah. And in fact, when I say something like that, like, I know, I love watching shows too. I kind of want to watch a show all day. Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel mm-hmm. like my kid's like, oh, oh, okay. You feel it too. I guess that's a thing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. So yeah, that's an excellent point. Getting uncomfortable with feeling negative emotions and your kids feeling negative emotions. And then the second step is, so the first one is to just detach mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. Detach. I mean, you're connected with your kid, but you're not feeling their feeling perfect all the time is reflection right. on you. Right. The second step is to apologize. Whenever you lose it and you mm-hmm. feel like you're feeling guilt about it and in a good way, mm-hmm. you're you're seeing this is a place for me to make a correction. Mm-hmm. This is, I think this is so powerful to kids because I think sometimes as parents, because we have more power than them and we're bigger than them and we set the rules, mm-hmm. it's easy for us to be like, well, everything I do is perfect and mm-hmm. everything you do is wrong. Mm-hmm. But, and there's, there's several great steps to apologizing. And I actually feel like there's a little, few more steps to apologizing to adults, but we've come up with two steps for kids that I think is just a really simple way to apologize to children. And that is what you can say is, I'm sorry that I did this. Just state what you did Mm -hmm. and then state the emotion that you were feeling. Mm -hmm. Just like when you're stopping them from hitting and you're identifying what they're feeling and you're stopping them or you're helping them make amends or whatever. Um, Same thing applies to us. So I am sorry that I yelled at you today. I was feeling really scared. Yeah. And just leave it at that. The reason why I say leave it at that, you're going to want to say more. And I literally, every time I apologize to my children, (laughs) I want to say more. This is what you're going to want to say. You're going to want to say, when you hit Johnny, I was so mad or I was so scared that you were going to really hurt him. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I yelled. Mm -hmm. That's what you're going to want to say. I can't tell you how many times to my own children I've wanted to say, you guys were squabbling (laughs) and it was driving me crazy. And I got so mad because you were squabbling. If you Mm -hmm. just stopped squabbling, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have talked like that. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to say, guys. 
because yes, it's you want you did the thing. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't been doing that, then I wouldn't have done this. <laughs> yeah. But the reason why you don't ever, ever, ever want to overexplain that apology is because then you are placing your negative actions on them, which mm-hmm. is just the opposite of what Felicia was just saying. Nobody's ever responsible for my negative emotions mm-hmm. or my negative actions. I'm responsible for my own em- actions and my own my own actions and my own emotions. And I want to teach my children that same independence, that same uh, wholeness as well. So I cannot, therefore, with integrity, say. I lost my cool and I yelled because of you, mm-hmm. right? Because that's not their res- their re- responsibility isn't to keep me happy. Mm-hmm. Their responsibility isn't to keep me from losing my cool. I don't want mm-hmm. them to spend their whole life tiptoeing around my emotions, right? Right. Right. So what it is? Just again, I'm just going to review those two steps. I am sorry that I yelled. I was feeling scared, mm-hmm. or. I tell my kids, I am sorry that I talked impatiently. I was really sharp there. Mm -hmm. I was feeling rushed. Mm -hmm. And I just leave it at that. I don't say, because you couldn't find your shoes shoes for the fifth time. Because again, I'm taking it, when you're doing an apology, apology is the whole point of an apology is to admit something in yourself that you're correcting, not Mm -hmm. put guilt on other people. Apologies that you're loading guilt on aren't even apologies. So that's helpful for me. When I'm doing this, you... You step back, Mm -hmm. and then whenever you do make a mistake, which is we all make mistakes every single day, you simply do a simple apology. Yeah. You don't have to beat up yourself either. That's the beautiful thing about this. Mm -hmm. You don't have to lay on the guilt on them, but you also don't have to lather it on yourself either. You know what I mean? Exactly. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm so bad. I'm so sorry. I'm such a bad mother Mm because I yelled. Yes. No, we don't have to take that extra step. Yes. It's simply just a simple correction Mm -hmm. of, I'm sorry that I did this. Mm -hmm. I felt this. Because mm-hmm. we're all human and we all exactly. make mistakes. Yeah. And actually, as I'm saying this, I think this is even more important than just simply helping ourselves not lather on. Again, the simple help of correction, a little guilt is okay. But when we're lathering on the guilt, it turns mm-hmm. into shame. Yeah. But really, I think the beautiful thing about this is that we're teaching our children. They are going to make mistakes as they grow throughout their life. And what happens, and I've seen this in adults, when they make a mistake, they self-flagellate themselves for years Mm -hmm. they don't forgive themselves they go into shame when i say they i've done the same thing Mm -hmm. so i'm acting like this isn't a me problem we all have this problem but if what we'll what we're doing to our children we're giving them literally the freedom to say i made a mistake i can see my mistake Mm because it's not good to not see that you make mistakes either just be like oh i'm great all the time i never do anything wrong right that's not right either so we don't want the shame spiral and we don't want the i'm just perfect all the time i'm a narcissist and mm-hmm. I never do anything wrong mm-hmm. what we're wanting is for them to be compassionate people who can see their own mistakes and make apologies without blaming others yeah right and be emotionally intelligent enough to also identify the feelings that they're feeling mm-hmm. so every time you help your child identify their feeling you're feeling angry mm-hmm. you want to hit mm-hmm. every time they we they see us identify our feelings I yelled I felt angry or mm-hmm. I felt scared they are gaining emotionally intelligence so that when they're adults, they can actually make amends for their correction without going into that same shame mm-hmm. spiral, which leads to depression and addiction and yep. all those kinds of things. We can simply look at our lives for what they are as these imperfect situations where we make mistakes and we apologize for them. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about this too, when we're talking about detaching from, you know, they have to be happy all the time and we're responsible for that. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a non-empathetic way of living at first glance 
But I just want to say that it's actually the opposite. Once we start taking responsibility for our own emotions and realizing that other people are also responsible for theirs, Mm -hmm. I find that we're much more in tune and we act in kind ways because of what's inside of us. And we're not doing this weird, like, I want you to be happy because I want to be happy. And that's really what I want, which is even Mm -hmm. kind of more selfish. Mm -hmm. It's actually like a, I can find my own happiness and I love you and I can just show you love regardless of whether you're happy or you're sad. Mm-hmm. And the love comes from a much more unconditional place, place. Mm-hmm. of freedom. And there's much more compassion in that. Yeah. So totally. I just want to clarify that might have sounded like a non-compassionate way of looking right. at the world. Right. But it's actually way more compassionate. Yes. yes. And I think it's the perfect example of how <clears throat> these moments, I think sometimes parenting day to day it's like if we're having moments where our kids are breaking down or maybe we're breaking down or someone's hitting it can seem those moments aren't that fun but if you can come at them from a place of imperfect vulnerable moments are are what are going to build my kids into it those are the teaching moments I feel like if I can look at discipline as you know if you look at the root of the word teaching if I can switch that, I do it a lot, a lot, mm. a lot, a lot better. <laughs> yes. Because I'm not feeling that oh, the, the emotion taking over. I'm looking at it in a different light, I guess. Huh. Okay, so that connects directly into our next step, which so, – so once we've detached, we've apologized, um, for me, what I realized when we were thinking about this – the next step before I can move on to any sort of making it better or looking into my toolbox and seeing what I can do to help these situations that are often reoccurring, hitting sibling rivalry, um, power struggle, struggles over meals or car seats or anything with kids, I feel like usually is reoccurring. I find that if I can take a day or two to get curious about what's really going on. So that's looking at are there any root causes, you know, like, are my kids not getting enough connection with me? Are they not sleeping as good? I'm just getting curious about that specific problem, that specific kid, and then find the unconditional love, even in that situation. So I think, well, I know me personally, I can get to a place of like, I'm not feeling like connected and loved because of this hitting, fighting, squabbling, or whatever things going on, there can be much bigger problems with older kids in the situation. And if I can find that reconnection and unconditional love first before I try to fix it, then I find that the kids can feel that. Mm. And the problem is more is solved more easily or solved in general. If I go straight to the toolbox without that reconnection, <laughs> I feel like it's disingenuine. They're, they're not really connecting with, it's not like a team effort. Mm-hmm. So next step, reconnect, f- get unconditional about the situation. So think if my kid were to never stop hitting kids on the playground, could I still love them? Still love them. Could I still go to the park and find joy in it? I know that sounds like, oh, but I, I, cause right, we're going to be able to get past this. It will pass. But what if it didn't? Can we find that unconditional love? So that's next step. Um, and then we talked a little bit about this, but look at guilt versus shame. So yeah, are you saying the things like I'm a bad mom? Um, 
I'm not doing this right, whatever, and find the specific little things. So instead of, I'm a bad mom, can you see, I'm feeling guilty for yelling at my kids. And that's something that I want to change. So Mm -hmm. find the specific thing um, and use, you know, that as a vehicle of of constructive change, um, as a place for your inspiration to then look into your toolbox. Okay, maybe... Maybe Felicia and Terrell have talked about this problem they had on their podcast. Or maybe I'm going to go to, you know, my call, call more easier, happier boys or, or a different book or my mother-in-law. Or now I go into my toolbox of things that can help the situation after you've, it's really doing, recognizing it and healing it without changing it, without knowing that I'm only going to be happy once it's all better. You fix it all. You get to a place of acceptance and then go into your toolbox at the very end. And from that place, you set your healthy limits. Right, right. right. And boundaries. Yep, Yep. exactly. Okay, so we have, we know that that whole, then you get into the parenting toolbox of so many things and it's overwhelming. So we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and chat a little bit about that. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about the overwhelm of having so much parenting advice. We we got a listener question from Jess, and she said, I love, love, love researching and learning all things parenting and just want to soak every good thing in, but sometimes I find myself getting super overwhelmed by it all and way hard on myself because I can't live up to it all. Sometimes I have to take a step back and take a break from it all and try to just enjoy my kids without overanalyzing everything I'm doing. Just wondering how you guys balance it all since I know you guys are always researching and learning more too. Do you ever get overwhelmed or down about how hard it is to parent and do the best you can for your kids? And yes. (laughs) I love this question because I think um, it is a perfect example of sometimes the two like sides of the coin that we we feel like there are. Like you can go all in and you can be you know, researching every single parenting parenting thing, or it's like, throw my hands up, let my kids just do whatever. I'm not going to even think about it. I'm going to go old school is how I think of like my, my grandparents, like mm-hmm. let the kids run in the yard and see you at dinner time. And I think that we can find balance in it and we can find our sweet spot that works 
for us and our personality and also for our families. So we just have a few tips on that feeling of overwhelm. Because we live in a time where there's so much information. So just like earlier we were talking about that shame that comes with feeling like you're not doing enough. The, the downside to having access to so much information is a lot of us feel that way all the time mm-hmm. because there's just so much information out there. We're not doing all the things perfectly. So therefore, we must not be doing, be doing it wrong. Yeah, we must be doing it wrong. So how can so the question here really is, how can we not turn it into a shame thing except the beauty of this time we live in that gives us tools? The great thing, me, Felicia and I were talking, our grandparents had a much simpler time with parenting but most of our grandparents also parented with shame. It was actually the way of getting your children to do things. I mean, both my mom, my dad, my mother-in-law, and my father-in-law had wonderful, well, mostly, <laughs> mostly wonderful parents who just simply parented their motivation for doing things was shame. Like that mm-hmm. was just like, a, well, this mm-hmm. obviously makes children do things, so we yep. use it. And that's, they were just doing their best, right? So the beautiful thing, we live in a time where we know there's a better way. We don't have to use shame to coerce our children into doing things. Right. How can we use that without having it just overtake us and have us feel like we're not enough all the time? So these are a few tips. One, I like to, every time I read, so I am constantly reading books, listening to books, podcasts, those kinds of things. I simply look at them as options. Everything you ever listen to, everything we ever say to you guys, it's all optional. Mm-hmm. You, I just look at it. some of the things I implement right away. Like, I love this. I'm going to make that change right now. And I've had like amazing paradigm shifts by doing that and you can feel it when you hear it you're like oh my i'm gonna do that Mm -hmm. and it works and it's wonderful Mm -hmm. there are other things where i'm like that sounds like a helpful tool i'm just gonna kind of stick it in my proverbial toolbox here on the side Mm -hmm. i might pull it out i Mm -hmm. might not Mm -hmm. and then there are a lot of things where i'm like meh i'm just gonna dismiss that because it sounds like a Mm -hmm. lot or whatever Mm -hmm. or it doesn't jive with me or whatever Mm -hmm. but when you look at everything as optional your things that come into your mind turn from being overwhelming tons of things you got to do perfectly to like oh this is just conversation that we're having right the person is speaking into my mind and my mind is just thinking back Mm -hmm. so that's helpful just to see it it's all optional you don't Mm -hmm. have to do everything perfectly Mm -hmm. the second thing that's really helpful for me is i look at podcasts and books that i listen to or read as simply ways of being influenced by people who inspire me. Mm-hmm. So it's just like having conversations with people who I think are really great and I choose to invite them into my mind, right? So to me, there's a lot of times where I read a book and I'm like, you know, I feel like you're so beyond me in Thank this. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but I feel like my my way of thinking has been elevated mm-hmm. because of yeah. this. Yeah. Like I'm listening to a book right now that's so deep, guys. I'm like barely grasping it. <laughs> But I'm just like, you know what? I'm loving it because you are elevating my state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's like having a conversation with just somebody who's really inspiring. Totally. It used to be that you only had access to the people who you actually like saw Talk in real to. life. Mm-hmm. Then the phone, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now I can be influenced by people who spend their entire lives at a monastery meditating. Totally. How yeah. cool is that? Mm-hmm. I can learn from people like that mm-hmm. who I'm never going to be doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I have my own life I'm doing. Yes. But I can still learn the wisdom that they are learning. you can adapt learning. it to your life in whatever way it fits or not. Yes. And I'm not even <laughs> limited. This is what's so cool. I'm not even limited to the people who are alive right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have access to people's minds for centuries. Yes. Yeah. Millennia behind me. It's so cool. So anytime I'm feeling overwhelmed, I can just say, you know, this is literally just have, like having a great conversation with somebody who's inspiring me. Yep. It doesn't mean I have to do all of this yep. perfectly. It doesn't mean it's a checklist that then I have to apply exactly. every single thing. Yeah. Because, wow. Or if you're reading a book and you're like, 
if I don't write this down, I'm going to forget it. Or there's this exercise that they just told me to do and I didn't yeah. do it. Instead of feeling guilty about that, you know what I do? I just say, it's better than if I wasn't listening yep. to it at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just let it go. <laughs> exactly. Right? This is yes. just asking myself the questions in my mind. Would it be more helpful if I wrote it down? Sure. But guess what? Mm-hmm. My hands are in the dish mm-hmm. water right now. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So just check. Just give yourself a pat on the back instead of a guilt trip. And yes. It'll be much easier for you. Yes. Speaking of this, I just read a book. Um, well, I'm almost done with The Power of Showing Up. And, you know, there's a lot of great things in it, but I really, maybe there's one or two golden nuggets that I'm taking out of it. And one of the things they they talk about that I love is that who we are is, is much more of a predictor for who our children are going to turn out to be than our knowledge of parenting. Those are almost Brene Brown's exact words, too. True. From... Yeah. The gift of imperfect parenting. Mm-hmm. What we model is much more predictor of how our children turn out mm-hmm. than the knowledge about parenting mm-hmm. that we have. Yeah. So wow. Like yeah. Seriously. Like as you said, those words. Those are almost our exact words from her book. Okay, we'll link both because the gift. I think the gift of imperfect parenting is a must read. It's two hours, and it, it is very. It's freeing to feel that feeling of if we are our true selves and vulnerable, and we're showing up authentically to our kids that's number one and sometimes you just have to go back to that and let go of every single parenting advice you've ever heard mm-hmm. and just go back to that mm-hmm. and that's what we really wanted to end with when you're feeling this overwhelm of there's so many things my kids going through this thing and there's 1400 books and what do I do like it's just overwhelming I think always going back to your to well to your clear vision of what you want your family to be is really what it is. For us, the pillars are connection. So you're seeing your kids, you're being present with them and loving them unconditionally. So connection, unconditional love, presence, and then your family limits and boundaries. If you can go back there to those four pillars first in any situation before you research further and hit those four pillars which they might be different for your family. Again, try those on for you. Mm-hmm. If those aren't the pillars, pillars for your family, those are the four things that we have distilled down to be the most true every single time for the first step in any situation. And then once those are in line, you can dig deeper and research. But the freeing thing is knowing that if you let any of that research go, if you had those important things you'll be there you'll Mm -hmm. be creating that relationship that will be more the predictor of how your children are going to turn out than how many parenting books did i read and apply perfectly Mm -hmm. so it's it's freedom yeah the beautiful things about those four our four pillars for me are they're kind of timeless things regardless of whatever it's kind of like food like fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. are always in style for right. the most part right i mean there's some weird <laughs> ways of eating that you don't eat those but um but like with parenting no matter what generation you're from being connected to your parents and being connected as a family mm-hmm. being in the present moment is like the best piece of advice i feel like ever just in our right. whole lives right unconditional love is the most transformative most powerful force in the universe I feel Mm -hmm. like and then the key that pulls it all together I think is the setting healthy limits and boundaries that's Mm -hmm. what turns us that's what allows us to have those three other things without having it be a free-for-all nobody has any discipline and nobody ever behaves themselves right so the limits are a super important 
part of that. Mm -hmm. The thing I love about those is the kind of timeless things. So anytime I'm feeling overwhelmed about all the stuff out there, if I just return back to those things and see where the tools that I've been given are fit into those, some of them don't even fit in. I just stick them to the side. Yep. And living authentically doesn't mean living perfectly. Exactly. So we just take our imperfections, as Brene Brown says, as gifts. And we apologize when necessary. And we always come back to connect. For me, every day, if I can just turn back to connection over and over with my children, then I'm going to feel really good about myself, regardless of really most of the other things. Yep, exactly. Well, guys, I hope that that um, relinquished some of that feeling of overwhelm and guilt that we all totally get around parenting. And... Um, your questions really guided this episode. We love hearing from you guys. So um, if you have a question for us, you can leave us a question in a review. Also helpful for us. You can write us on Instagram. We love hearing from you guys. All right, let's find the magic. (laughs) (laughs) Brown cows. (laughs) 